Hi everyone, my name is Dave Luza from This Game Is Broken. You are not listening to This Game Is Broken. No, you are listening to the board game mechanics, Jason and Joel. I had never heard of them, so I googled it. One tip, do not google it because you'll get a bunch of other stuff, but not the podcast you were looking for. If you are unable to find the Board Game Mechanics podcast, then why not check out This Game is Broken, a board gaming panel show where a bunch of idiots are given a bunch of idiotic things to do. You can find us on youtube.com slash thisgameisbroken, on Facebook at facebook.com slash thisgameisbroken. For now, have fun here and bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's the show you just heard a little introduction about. I'm guessing some other podcaster just told you we're not a good show. I mean, we're okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what introduction we used this week, but anyway, we're we're pretty okay. Uh, a part of the pretty okay gang is my my co-host over there, uh, Jason. Go ahead and say something, Jason. Hey guys, it is Jason, and yeah, I'm not sure who the intro is this week either, but you'll find out. It might be nobody. I don't know. <laughs> it is somebody. I just don't know who. <laughs> um, I mean, like we ever since we went pro. We got rid of our amateur status and went pro and have all the pro league players doing our editing for us. We just never know how it's going to turn out. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. that, and we're not really pro boys. We just I made that up just now. That was a lie. That was a lie, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that. Well, Jason, it's award season. And we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about some games we played. And I think you've got a bit of news for us. So I guess without any more being dorks or whatever we're doing here, uh, let's get right to the show. All right. So I have two pieces of news. And those pieces of news are a couple of games that are on Kickstarter. And one game I wanted to talk about was a game that Picorni mentioned in the Riveted. And it is a game called Paradise Lost. It has minis, so I'm breaking my rule, and I'm going to talk about a game that has minis. But the reason I wanted to talk about this is it's a social deduction and resource management and worker placement game together. So those are an interesting com- like combination of mechanisms, and I'm not sure how it works, but it seemed interesting enough, and the art is gorgeous, so I wanted to mention it. And... If any of you want to check it out, it has 26 days left, so go give it a gander and see what you like. That sounds really interesting to the point where I got distracted halfway through you talking so I could Google search it and find a way to back that. Um, no, it looks it looks cool. Actually. It really does. Yeah, I mean, it looks awesome. It, I, somebody described it as a mixture of Takedo meets Clue, which is kind of interesting. I don't know how that would go together, but that's what it looks like. It looks like you're playing Clue and Takedo at the same time really interesting i guess it was first published in 1667 and it consisted of 10 books when it first started um, <laughs> as a 10,000 line verse but oh i might i might be confused yeah i think i think that's milton man that's milton you're right i think i think you're right does this have anything to do with milton i don't think so because your plan is like um little red riding hood aladdin it's like fairy tale creatures fighting like evil characters from other fairy tales. Wouldn't it be like a huge kick in the pants when you're like, 
I got this game. It's called Paradise Lost, and you have no idea like about like the classical work of literature, and you're just like, oh no, that would really deflate your sales, wouldn't it? You'd be like, <laughs> poor Tom Butler's like, I guess I can't get that domain name. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Hopefully, he did some research because there's also a band named Paradise Lost, and you know, it's it's a pretty popular uh, word combination. So, I mean, like, I know you definitely picked this one because it has miniatures in it, and that's kind of your thing, but it does look like a good game otherwise, honestly, so. <laughs> no, it really does, like, 100%, it really does. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, go check that out. Um, next game I wanted to talk about is coming from AEG, and it is the Valley of the Kings Premium Edition. So, what this is going to do is essentially going to take all three of the Valley of the Kings games, put them in, you know, one box, give you some dividers so you can sort stuff out. Um, it might add some additional cards, but it's just basically going to be everything in one box. So you don't have to go buy the three individual boxes if you're into that. And I enjoy Valley of the Kings. I have one of the versions. It's a fun little deck building game. And yeah, this will be a cool little box if you've never been introduced into the game. And you'll have everything you need to play it. So go check that out. It only has three days from the time this episode drops. So don't waffle too long. If you're interested, go check it out and throw that some support. Psst, Jason. Yes. Do we do anything with AEG? Like, are they working with us at all? I don't think so. This Kickstarter looks kind of dumb to me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's essentially just the three games repackaged. I know. <laughs> and, like, you put the word premium on it and people will buy it. Like, I don't know. If you want a warranty, I'll crap yeah. in a box and mark warranty on it. <laughs> That's how I feel about premium right now. Uh, yeah. But it, it said, the thing that I thought was funny, on the Kickstarter, it said with um, premium components, and I looked at it, and it's just... They're like tarot card sized, I think now or something, which actually there was a poll on the BGG page and they're like, why are you doing this to us? We don't want tarot card sized ones. And they ran a poll and it was like 98% were like, don't put tarot sized cards in this. So like, I thought that was kind of interesting and it makes sense (laughs) though. I mean, if you put those pyramids with tarot sized cards, it'll be like, oh yeah, I got to play on the floor. You know, I mean like, I don't know. It'd be huge. So they make a point, I think, um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not backing that one. I might back Par- like uh, Paradise Lost, um, dude. I considered that too, and that's saying something. Like it's saying something. It, it looks really cool and interesting. It looks really neat. And I did back one this week, but then I backed out. I, I dropped my pledge down to a buck because I was just like, ah, I don't know. And it was I'm going to be so hypocritical. <laughs> it was blood on the clock tower. <laughs> After all that was said yet last week, I know, but it looks so good. I don't know. I'll, I don't know. I'll wait till it's an app, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and you can also wait till somebody gets it and wants to trade it for, you know, $5 in BGG. I, I think it looks really, the concept looks super cool. Like playing a murder mystery game that's different and can be flexible and has hidden identities, super fun idea. Right, yeah. But then I start thinking about reality of it, and I'm like, when am I going to have 8 to 20 people together to play this game and going to be, like, enthused about playing it and role play it and just be awesome? Never. And then I think about the other thing too, which is I grew up, I I grew up, I grew up here in the Corn Belt, but I live here in the Bible Belt still. And like, I don't know, man. I'm I know a lot of my friends that I game with are going to be like the ones that won't play Elder Sign definitely won't play this one. You know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. And like, and that's not a judgment against this game. Like, I think I'd play it because like my beliefs are bigger than cardboard. But I mean, like, some people like really get freaked out by that stuff. So I don't know, man. Like, I just I backed out of it because. I just didn't think it would get opportunities to be played. I, and I hate that, but I, I would definitely play this game. It looks really fun to play. So, yeah, that's, 
Yeah, and there's a lot of cool stuff on Kickstarter right now. Um, it's it's firing up again. Kickstarter season's starting. So I think once you hit this gathering of friends, too, then we start hitting con season. So I think gathering of friends is happening like as this, as this episode is being recorded. Um, but I think that's the first like kickoff to con season. Like All the pros get to go from there. But us lowly non-pros... I mean, we pretended like we were pros earlier, but we really aren't. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't get the invite to the gathering of friends, so that should be our next campaign. Get Joel and Jason to the gathering of friends. That would be awesome. I guess I don't know, man. We get. I mean, just get to play games, man. Hang out with the who's who of the who's who. You know, it'd be cool, but like that whole like the whole like initiation ceremony sounds creepy. <laughs> where you have to like cut your wrist and like bleed into the like the the like the grail and like I don't know. It's just weird. I think I saw that in a movie once. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I mean, I think it was a documentary. You have to, you have to like swear your lines to the big wood now and all that stuff. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't think any of that's true, but yeah. Uh, Kickstarter season's in full swing. And there's, there's actually one that I'm really excited about coming up. And it's kind of fun because um, I emailed the guy and said, hey, I don't know if you're still looking for previewers or not, but your game looks amazing to me. So I would love to do a preview for you. And he goes, yeah, I uh, I've listened to a few of your episodes. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to preview it, it's cool, I guess. <laughs> no, he was actually really cool. He's been really awesome. So, uh, more on that later because I think we're gonna have him on the show at some point. Um, and I definitely am gonna do a preview of that one. Um, but more on that later when it gets ready to kick to kick on the Kickstarter. So, um, I guess, man, I don't have any news, dude. All right. Obviously. Well, let's just go on to the games we played. All right. So last weekend, uh, I got to play a couple games. I haven't played a ton of games recently, but I did play a couple games that I haven't talked about before and that I played for the first time. So the first one that I want to talk about is a Freedom and Freeze game, a little tiny card game. It's called Familia or Familia, however you want to say it. And it's a two player only game. And each player has four cards. There's going to be one card of each of the four different colors. And you're trying to use these cards to recruit more powerful cards of that same color. So in order to get, you're going to start out with level zero cards. In order to get a level one card, you have to have two level zero cards to recruit that level one card. Then you're going to take the level one card, put it in your hand, and you're going to play one of the level zeros down in front of you. So as you're getting newer cards, you're losing some of your less powerful cards. And you're just trying to get up to the level four because if you can get to the level four, it's worth a pile of points. And whoever has the most points at the end of the game is the winner. It's an interesting little card game. It has a little too many rules for as simple as it is, and they weren't translated very well to English. So there is that. But I enjoyed it. It was fun. It has cool art. So if you like little two-player card games, go check this out. And that is Familia, or Familia, however you want to say it. I sometimes wonder about uh, Freedom and Freeze games if, like, the actual game matches the name because it's kind of a stretch sometimes to think of words that start with the letter F like, I don't know. Yeah. This one does it. It's like mobsters. Yeah. The new power grid being called fancy Fahrenheit <laughs> electricity, but then they spelled it with a silent PF or just F, I guess it's weird. But anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Pretty cool though. Is it, is this uh this isn't one of those fable games either. Is it the fast forward fable games? No, this is an older game. I'm, it's, I got it at origins like two or three years ago and just played it. Finally, oh, it's so ancient. yeah, it's ancient pretty. It's pretty games. old, really, for a card game. Yeah, that that's one thing that's been bugging me lately. I, I'm gonna go on a, like one of my 
signature Kratzer, Kratzer rants, which I mean, like, I think people in the industry don't care for them that much, but the, the, the people like them. Like, I hate when people <laughs> are like, hey, which game should I get? And it's like, uh, like amazing games, Marco Polo, Lorenzo, um, you know, like just amazing games, Zulkin, all these really amazing games. And then it's like, or the brand new game of life gamer game of life new hotness game that just came out last week and like it, it wins in a runaway pool every time like we just have such a like fetish for new games in this industry it's so weird so playing an old game good on you jason yeah this is actually from 2010 so it's wow you know, almost 10 years old yeah is it on like pop papyrus like the cards <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> that's crazy that's is wow. Is it like a reproduction of such an ancient game, or is it like really from twenty? That's that's nuts. Yeah, it is nuts. Like, I didn't realize it was that old either. I just thought it was you know two three years old. No, that's that's awesome, man. And like I don't know, old games are awesome. Like, and if you came to board gaming in the last three four years, yes, there's some really awesome stuff from the last three four years. But there's tons of really awesome stuff from years before. And I'm not going to talk about this game this week. But like Kalis. Go play that game. Amazing. El Grande. Go play that game. Pretty great. I mean, there's just a lot of really good old games. And so, good job playing an old game. Yep. Oh, boy. What am I going to say that I played this week? Am I playing a brand new... Oh, boy. Oh, it's not brand new. I'm good. <laughs> it's like a couple months old. I played Dice Throne. I really like it. Um, when I first played it, I think I messaged Jason a picture of it. And he was like, how is it? And I was like, eh, it's okay. And I played with like the most introductory like character in the box, which is like a barbarian kind of guy. And um, he was fine, but he's just so straightforward. It wasn't a lot of fun. It was just all about how well you could roll the die. Second time I played, uh, which was this last weekend, um, I played with like the most advanced character, like the Paladin. And it was so fun because you had to figure out what kind of sets of die you were going to go for, but then figuring out like you're never going to attack big, but you're pretty well protected and you can counterattack. And it was just a much more interesting character for me to play. And then I went and talked to someone else about this game. I said, you know, this game, I was like, man, you have, you have both seasons of dice to run there. And then he showed me his awesome chest with like all eight new characters in it, which immediately I drooled over and saw that it's not available till July. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is why, this is why Kickstarter is still in business because these like four months of making us all wait makes us all buy the $95 scratchy lottery ticket of Kickstarter games that like, we hope it's a good one that we get early, but who knows? I'm going to spend 95 bucks on this scratchy lottery ticket to see if it is one of the good ones that people would be jealous of and wish they had early. Um, which isn't even worth anything, honestly, other than us being, again, fetishizing of the new games. But, okay, focus, Joel. Focus. No, no more rants. Let's just talk about Dice Throne and the good boys that made the Dice Throne game at Roxley, okay? <laughs> um, it's a good game. It's awesome. And then when I talked to somebody else about it and did see his awesome Kickstarter exclusive, not out again until July, Chest of Dice Throne, um, he was like talking about how he loves playing the barbarian. Like it's his favorite character in all like in all fourteen characters he's played. So it's really interesting to me that like I played this character and thought it was so simple and pretty boring. And then he was like, "Man, the barbarian's my go-to. I love it." And I was like, and it was actually the conversation went like this. I went, "Yeah, I think it's good." The first time I played, I played with the barbarian. He goes, "Oh, don't you love the barbarian? It's so good." He like cut me off, <laughs> and so I was like. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. I wasn't going to say it's basic and I hated it, but like anyway, <laughs> playing with that other character though was really fun. It's a pretty it's a pretty neat game. Um and then I played it again with my wife actually too without the cards. Like you can play just a real basic version with just your playmats and she didn't care for it much. But I hoped she would and I didn't care for it much without the cards either, but I don't know. It's a pretty cool game, Dice Throne. 
That's cool. Yeah, I might play that sometime. I'm sure my buddy that gets all the new hotness has it, so I'll just have him bring it over. I'm sure he does. Yeah, actually, I think I know he does because I've seen some pictures. So, <laughs> I I brought this one into my classroom and played it with my kids, so I didn't feel guilty for getting 20% off at big big chain bookseller that gives 20% off to teachers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, so uh, another game I played is, I don't know how, when it came out, but at least after the first edition of the game. And it is called Sonar, and I got this at like a bargain quest for like $2, so that kind of drew me in a little bit because, I mean, a game for $2 is pretty sweet. But it is. I played this, I only played it as two-player, so each each of us were doing the captain and the engineer, because this is just a four-player version of Captain Sonar, and it's done over turn base, so, you, you know, I take a turn, the other players take a turn. And I actually enjoyed this better than Captain Sonar, only because... I felt like I was doing more because I was controlling the two two different things, and I liked the back and forth of it. I don't like the hectic nature of Captain Sonar, and I just feel like it's hard to discuss rules in Captain Sonar because everybody's just playing, and if you want to stop to get clarification on rules, you got to stop the game and then go into all that, and I don't know. I just, I just didn't love it. So this is more my speed, and at two players, it was really fun. It's like a, a jazzed-up version of Battleship similar pretty much this is just like hey i'm going up i'm going left i'm going right going down and you're trying to find the other person and blow them up twice i enjoyed it and my buddy enjoyed it so sonar that's my second game uh so people who don't know sonar uh or aren't up to speed with like sales it's on pretty good sales a lot of places like i think you can find it on target.com and places for like under 10 bucks right now maybe not quite that good but it goes on really good sales sometimes because i think they printed a ton of them and then sold a few um, but it's, it's, it's rock solid by all accounts. I mean, I haven't played on sonar, played sonar, but I've played sonar on, on my captain sonar when I had that. Um, and so my thoughts on her to this, if you, if you're one of the people who doesn't know about this game and you think that sounds cool, like seriously, there's really good bargains for it. And anytime you get a game on a bargain, it just feels like it's such a better game than if you pay full price. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like craft wagon is like the best game ever because I paid 11 bucks for it. And I'm like, Oh, this game is amazing. It's so good. And <laughs> It's because it was eleven bucks partially, but I mean, like, it's a good game. It's a perfectly good game. I don't understand why it was so cheap. So, right, yeah, yeah. I'm, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. But then the other piece too is if you have Captain Sonar and you're like, ah, nerds, I have the Captain Sonar box, not Sonar. It's fine. Just go to Board Game Geek. You can print off Sonar instructions and play it with your Captain Sonar game. So that's pretty cool too, because um, the components are all like that you need for sonar are in the captain sonar box too. Right. So, yep. 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 Um, which is pretty cool. So anyway, uh, yeah. Sonar is a cool game, Jason, by all accounts. I mean like, and I definitely played captain sonar and I played turn-based captain sonar. Um, so I think I have a pretty good feel for it, but yeah, I could see we're doing two rolls at once makes it better for sure. Or more than two rolls even, I guess, um, doing a lot of things. So pretty cool. Yep. I liked it. Well, good. This game that I played, Jason, is one that I played without the expansion, and there's a hot expansion for it. So I know you're all thinking, Joel's Joel's going on this real anti-hot new stuff fetish that uh, I use the word fetish like four times. This has got to get marked explicit now. Um, <laughs> Effing explicit. <laughs> we just need like a like soundboard that does that. Um, so. I mean, like, I, I, I really do like new stuff, but I didn't play this one with the expansion. So, ha, I like the old one still. Uh, that's Bunny Kingdom. And I'm not sure where I would see where the expansion would make this one too much awesomer. Like, is that a word, awesomer? More awesome? Um, 
I, I really like this game this time, though. And it was because I was playing with a really, like, green new gamer. And he ha- was like, I've played Seven Wonders. I've played Ticket to Ride. I'm like, well, right, let's try this one. This is dice drafting with a board. Or not dice drafting. I wish it was. That's next. Um, it was It's card drafting with a board. And so, I mean, it was a lot of just, like, kind of picking the cards that, you know, you want and making arrays and little little cloisters of people. Um, a fief or a fife, I don't know how you say it, of of rabbits. And then trying to like make the wealth of those things really high, and then there's like these parchment cards in there. It's a pretty neat game, um, and I played this one four or five times, and I always thought it's fine. I don't understand what's so great about it. Well, then I got it out this time, and it it would definitely qualify for games that just keep getting better and better and better. Um, so the opposite of what we did last week, and I, I think it's pretty good. I actually I think it would be a top 100 game for me right now. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I haven't played this one, so I may have to give this a go because drafting is kind of fun and like the area majority or whatever of the bunny, bunnies looks kind of neat. So I may have to give this a go. It, it's the what I like about it is the best part of drafting games is drafting the cards, like picking the cards you want. And the worst part of drafting games is when after people draft their cards, they've got to think for like five minutes about how they're going to use their drafted cards. On this one, it's like bingo. So it's like. It's really hard to pick the cards, like not hard. It's an interesting choice. But then once you pick the cards, it's like basically done and it's not a lot of thinking. So you keep going with the drafting pretty fast um, and, and there's not a lot of AP going on with the, the card drafting. Um, it's, it's pretty simple decisions, like pretty straightforward, but interesting decisions. And like it has that thing of when you have a handful of cards, you want them all, you know, I mean that thing. So it's just tough to pick the ones that are the best, you know. So I don't know, really cool game. I would suggest it to about anybody. Cool. And this week, we are going to talk about uh, our thoughts on the Golden Geek winners, because that's what we wanted to do. It's nice to make fun of other people's awards, because they're not as cool as the BGM seals. So that's where we're going to leave that. I I think that, honestly, the Golden Geek Awards are probably the most viable... Okay, in 2018, Joel Kratzer, me, thought that the Golden Geek Awards were the most viable awards because they come out kind of later after more people have been able to play them and they're voted on by more people. And I thought that it was definitely like one that had more like, hey, this is what the people think and this is what the people want. So I still think that probably, but I don't know, man. This is this year feels weird. So I guess we'll get more into that as we talk about it. Yeah, this year's kind of fetishy, I think. <laughs> Jason... <laughs> Now it's like double explicit. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about only the published board games. We're not going to talk about the apps or the podcast or the print and plays. There were, I think, four categories that I left off that we're not going to discuss. But It'd be like super braggy of us to talk about the podcast when we won. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or didn't yeah. even get nominated at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. One of those statements is true. We're the Captain Beefheart. I told you that. Like, we're unappreciated <laughs> in our own time. Yeah. Eventually, we'll get some appreciation. We are. We're getting a lot of love. You guys are awesome. Yep. Agreed. All right. So, the first game we're going to talk about is Board Game of the Year. And that award went to Root. And there were two honorable mentions, or runner-ups, I guess is what they're calling them. And those are Brass Birmingham and Architects of the West Kingdom. This is our first time doing this because, like, I don't know. Probably better podcasting would be don't start with the biggest award and then also like go like the nominees were and then the winner was. But we're new and it's okay. That's why we didn't win podcast of the year either. (laughs) Right. Yeah, but that's, I mean, everyone knows what these awards are at this point. So there's really no reason for that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Yeah, Root won this one. Good job, Root winning an award. Winning an award. Good job. You won an 
We'll just keep going here. <laughs> so, of these three games, I've only played Architects of the West Kingdom. And, I mean, that's a good game, but I don't necessarily think it should even be in the top three of this list. I mean, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I've played Brass Birmingham, and it's amazing. And I would say it's darn near my best game of last year. Uh, I would say, yeah, it it's really good. Um, but that said, that's like saying, like, um, and the Grammy goes to the remastered version of Star Wars. What? Wait, what? Because, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's true. Like, that's kind of how it feels to me. So Brass Birmingham is cool, and it does add quite a bit to Brass, but it's still Brass. I mean, honestly. So, um I don't know. It's got ale, though. So I don't know. I It's it's different. I'm not going to fight it being on this list. But at the same time, I think it should be considered that Brass has been an awesome game for a long time. And I don't know that it's a new release for last year. Yeah, I don't disagree. But that's enough with that one. We'll probably be talking about some more of these games at least one more time. So the next... Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the next category is two-player game. The nominees are Keyforge from buddy. Fi- Fantasy Flight Games, War Chess from AEG, and Dulosaur Island from Pandasaurus Games. And wow. the winner is Keyforge. Jason knew all those publishers without having them written on our notes. That's pretty good, bud. I know. I'm actually impressed with I don't, that, too. I don't think I would have had a clue about War Chess. I would have been like, War Chess from Box Looks Ugly Games. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Uh, Ma'am, AEG is getting the heat from us this week. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And then here's the thing. Okay, like somebody who works in public relations for our podcast is going to go tag them and be like, hey, our, your episode's about the episode's about you this week, which is really cocky of me to think that anybody would listen to this show. But I mean, like, <laughs> it's almost like somebody did that last week with, with Cool Mini. They're like, hey, Cool Mini, <laughs> we throw you some shade. Come listen. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, man. Any publicity is good publicity. I'm fine with it. <laughs> yep. So I haven't played any of these games, so I can't really talk about any of them, but Keyforge is all the rage, so that makes sense to me. Uh, Keyforge is great. It's one of my favorite games of last year, for sure. Um, and it's it's amazing. It's an amazing game. Uh, I will say that. And Jason, for the, I guess it would be 20 bucks for you and Katie to play, but for the little bit of money that it would take to buy a deck of Keyforge games, cards it's it's super fun um and it's just so fun because of a couple things one it's like that like cool strategic card game where you're trying to find like you know um synergy between cards and try and make things pop and do really well for you by managing these cards in your hand and then it's just like that fun duel of back and forth like trying to figure out well i'm gonna get hit but i can't feel bad and get tilted and then not hit back you know what i mean and like so it's that dueling thing is really fun but then just the cards, they do work together just so well. And the final thing, too, is whenever I play Magic the Gathering, every time I play Magic the Gathering, I, I always look at the cards in my hand and go, well, this deck build sucks. I got to go fix it and put some other cards in it and spend money on them. And in this game, you can't even do that. So it's like, okay, this is how this deck's going to be. Let's make it work, you know? So um, I don't know. I think, I think that's pretty cool. All those things make it, I think, a very, very strong nominee and winner for a two-player game and i i don't know i uh i have not played war chest for sure i played i've played dinosaur island i haven't played dulosaur um my local scene a lot of people like dulosaur a lot but i don't know i think keyforge deserves it it's a great game yeah of all three of those games like war chest was popular for like four minutes like it was on a lot of reviewers lips but after that it just like fell off the face of the earth dulosaur has the kickstarter effect going for it so that helps yeah but keyforge man it's just it's everywhere. So 
that's definitely the solid pick there. I mean, a no, nothing designer from a nothing company coming onto the scene like this <laughs> to cause such lightning is just crazy. That little uh, known, little known Dickie Garfield and the and the Fantasy Flight games were able to uh, come and come and make this game happen. It's pretty great. Agreed. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real comeback kid story. Uh, the triumph of Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on. So the next category is artwork and best artwork or best presentation. And the nominees for that were Root from Leader Games, Everdell from Starling Games, and Brass Birmingham from Roxley. And once again, the Atta winner. boy, Jason. He knew them all again. Yeah, I did. I'm, pre- I'm, I'm pretty okay at that. And the winner is Root again, which I have huge beef with right now. <laughs> yeah. Like Brass Birmingham and Everdell both look better than that game. Like that board is ugly in real. I can't. I can't see how Everdell didn't win. I mean, no kidding, man. It's gorgeous. Like it's gorgeous. Like that game was made just to look awesome. I mean, like I. I don't know. And it's a good game by all by all uh, accounts. But it's just made to look awesome and have table appeal. So I mean, I don't know how it didn't win. And I don't know, man. Like Root. I know everybody loves the style of the art on that, but it. It's like okay, cool. These chunks of wood have little fox faces on them, or whatever. You know, I mean, like I don't know. It just doesn't. I think it's cute, but I think that like Everdell is just like whoa, you know, like breathtaking, you know. And I don't know. I think Brass Birmingham has those amazing poker chips in there. The board looks great. The inserts awesome. Like everything in production on that is just awesome. So I don't know if they consider that stuff in presentation or not. But both those games are awesome. And I'm not going to say Root isn't awesome, but I don't know. I I think this one could be the folks at everdellgames.com. Oh no, wait, Starling Games could could take beef with this one, I guess. Yeah, I I would if I was them. Uh cuz Everdell is art first, gameplay second. I mean, some of those cards are so hard to read because the art is so, you know, prominent that it, you know, I feel like that should definitely win, but what ifs? Yeah. Uh well, on. I mean, I, I mean at least like an absurd game where it's just a bunch of numbers in a deck of cards didn't win any awards this year. Anyway, moving on. Let's go talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we're going to talk about card games. Um, up first is, for the nominee, is The Mind from Pandasaurus. Uh, then we have Keyforge from Fantasy Flight. And then we have Thunderstone Quest from AEG. And the All win- right. Keyforge. What? A- <laughs> right? No, no. It's a bunch of cards with numbers on it that you can't talk in. And that is The Mind. Oh. Wait, that's what happens in that game, Jason? It's Yeah, it's you not, it's, you talked using your mind. That's a the, it's a game? Unfortunately, yes. Hmm. I mean, I I don't I don't get it. I do not understand <laughs> the love for this game. Like I haven't played it, so again, I'm talking just based on what I've seen and what I've heard, but I've played the game, like you know the ones with the numbers where you can actually talk and play games, you know? And that's really yeah. that's really not that fun. And this is a silent version of that. So, uh Yeah, like yeah, I I don't I like I saw the game and the mind sitting right next to each other at Target and I was like, what are you doing, Panda Guys? Like, what are you give us more dinosaur islands? <laughs> yeah, anything. Even Wasteland Express, and I'm not even a you know, a mini's Meritrash guy, but that's better than this. So like the game you're allowed to talk though. Right, yeah. How do, that sounds real dumb. I, hey, I, I've got a, an eleven. I'm putting an eleven down. Anybody got anything less than an eleven? <laughs> I think the game is not cooperative. <laughs> Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really easy. Hey, I have one, seven, twelve, and fourteen, and go. 
<laughs> Anybody got anything less than 14 before I put my 14 down? Yeah, they're different games, but... We all good here? They have the same <laughs> premise, and the cards look, like, identical, but... And, yeah, and then the mind is, like, it's called, did you get lucky this time or not, is what the name of the game should be, honestly. I don't know. Like... Yeah, and, yeah. like, how Keyforge didn't win that either is crazy to me. Like, <laughs> whatever. Um, just some, some information about Keyforge that I understand is that the FFG had to build a special computer to like make the cards and have the algorithms all work. Like that had never been built like a like Watson type IBM computer. And that, that Richard Garfield was like, man, I want to make this game and has been wanting to make this game for like years, but didn't have the technology and printing available to him to be able to make this happen. And then like, Basically, FFG had to like go and like assure this printing company, like, hey, if you print these one-off decks, we will make a lot of games with you that are like this one-off kind of thing. So, I mean, like, I get that the mind is a very, very good game, but I mean, I feel like KeyForge had a lot of just cool stuff going on for it. But anyway, then you know what's crazy about this is like if if you had to guess who the guys that have a podcast that would be like KeyForge should win and not the mind, it wouldn't be us. Probably. No. And we're saying that. So yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. That's crazy. Anyway. Well, I mean, like, I guess the mind is cool with winning an award. That's fine. I give them a award. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Up next is the cooperative game category. And the nominees are Chronicles of Crime by Lucky Duck Games. Oh yeah, that's a good game from all accounts. I mean, like it's cool how it uses that phone. I'm glad they I'm glad they won. <laughs> Another nominee is Detective from Portal Games. Oh, that one's cool, too. That one's another kind of cool mystery-solving game, but I like how it uses technology. It's really innovative. Pretty cool game. I guess I didn't know who won yet, but and one of those two would be a good winner. Well, maybe. And the third nominee is The Mind from Pandasaurus Games. And cool. the, the winner is The Mind. Uh, you're, you're, you're telling me a game that you can't talk in is better than both of those other games. I have Chronicles of Crime on my shelf. I haven't played it yet. Just looking at it, it looks better than The Mind. Like I don't get it. It's because it's because we are the mind as board game fan, fans and friends. Like we have a hive mind. We just we do. But what if we did a podcast like we're playing the mind where we couldn't talk to each other. We just had to move our our eyes and our lips. <laughs> That's a great idea. All right, Jason, for this next one we're going to we're going to do it the mind style. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, I, that's a cool award that won for um, lifetime achievement titles for Board Game Geek. The next award is the best expansion, and the three nominees. Well, there are more nominees, but the three that were listed as a winner and runner-up are Scythe, Rise of Fenris from okay, Stone Mine. Yeah, and, and I can't believe this. This is the one that I'm the most incredulous about. Just to be honest with you. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> so Scythe, Rise of Fenris. Um, the next nominee is Terraforming Mars Prelude. And then the third nominee is, well, the third winner is Root, the Riverfolk expansion. And the winner was Scythe, Rise of Fenris. If Root won this one, my table would have been flipped. Because it's like, is it an expansion if it comes out day one with the game, basically? I mean, like, yeah. And I don't know that it's quite that, but I think it's darn near. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I mean, okay, here's the other thing, too. I have this, like, love hate relationship with Root. I hear it's awesome. I hear it's a great game, and I hear it deserves to win a bunch of awards. Um, and I hear it's just really, really good and innovative and cool. Um, but it's still at the heart of it a war game. I mean, say what you will, it's got combat kind of stuff in it. Yeah. And so that, 
people don't like that, including me. I'm not terribly fond of that. And then it's that whole thing too of like, all right, everybody, let's get together and play one of my 300 board games, and we're gonna make it root this week. And then we probably won't get together for another month with the same group of people, and um, we all want to play something different. So we can play the learning game of root, and then never play it again, and never get to enjoy the full like breadth of the game. So I mean, like, I don't know. That's that's my thing with root. I, I've that said, I've had it in my Amazon shopping cart four times. Completed the order and then canceled the order because I'm just so back and forth, back and forth on it. So if I'm totally wrong about Root and think it's and you think it's amazing, like give us a give us a comment on the wall or something. I mean, like tell me why it's awesome. Tell me what I'm missing out because I want to like this game a lot and I've ordered it a bunch of times and canceled the order because I know the other thing too is when you win a bunch of bunch of awards like this, this game is ripe to be come July first three hundred dollars on Amazon because it's going to be sold out again. I mean, like from a little publisher like that. It just is going to be. So, like, tell me if I should get it. Tell me if it's good. Anyway, moving on. And I, I'm i just really happy that the winner on this one wasn't with the Root expansion. Yeah, that would have really been crazy because Scythe has been like the, you know, that's like the bee's knees of expansions. I haven't played it, but just the fact that something would have beaten that would have been crazy. Stonemeyer knows how to do expansions. I will say that that's for true. sure. And, that's true. And this one's just got awesome modules in it. And some of them are as game-changing as Wind Gambit, which was a hugely game-changing uh, expansion. So eight of these little modules in there, or I think maybe even more than eight. I think there's eight sessions, maybe 12 modules. Um, pretty awesome. And like I really haven't been able to tackle this stuff yet. Um, but just, man, it makes me drool. So, uh, yeah, anyway. Cool. All right, so the next category is Family Game. And the uh, three winners for this are, in no particular order, Welcome To, which I'm not actually sure. I think that's Deep Water, um, The Mind from Pandasaurus, and The Quacks of Quedlinburg from North Star Games in America. I'm not sure of the German company. But the winner of Family Game is The Quacks of Quedlinburg. And I agree which 100%. You have, you have no problem with that at all, nope, I'm sure. I do not. I agree with that 100%. I own two of the three. Uh, not The Mind. Um... <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Like, the other thing, too, about the mind is, I guess, it's kind of that thing now, too, where it's, like, it's everywhere. Like, this game's everywhere. It's, like, the code names of this year. So, like, it's, like, hey, did you fill your tank of gas up at the marathon station? Well, come get your free copy of the mind, because that's our promotion we're running right now. Um, I don't think that's true. But, um, anyway, Quacks is pretty awesome. I like it quite a bit, actually. And Welcome to is really good, too. It does that whole, like, Racco thing pretty well. Um, and I think there's yet to be a roll and write, flip a card and write, I guess, in this one, uh, game better than Welcome To, in my opinion. Yeah, I've played Quacks and Welcome To, and I like both of those. I agree with both of those winnings, uh, you know, both of those games uh, a lot. So, yeah, I like that yeah, one. Yeah, and I mean, like, I could see where the mind would be fun with certain groups, and it would be fun a couple times, but I don't think anyone's going to be playing the mind in three years. Like, I just don't think it's going to be happening. Like, it's the same thing as, I mean, were you into gaming when Hanabi was around, Jason? I mean, like... No, I didn't play that then, no. But same thing with that. I mean, like, people played it like crazy, and then it was like, okay, I get it. I can't see the cards you all can. And it was, like, kind of a neat little gimmick, but it's done. I think the same thing's going to happen with mind. I think it's just going to be a game that we forget about in three years. And you know what? In three years, at me and be like, hey, at the Kratzer on Twitter cheap plug for myself um you're wrong the mind's still getting played my grandma and her friends just did it <laughs> good for them people still play racco too <laughs> but like i think uh, honestly goodness before it's all said and done the mind's gonna be one of those games that you're gonna 
Oh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be those. Oh, you like games? I love games too. I've been playing The Mind a lot lately. It's gonna be one of those games, honestly. So yeah, and, yeah. and we're gonna go. Oh, cool, The Mind. <laughs> I'm glad you like that game. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. So moving on from The Mind. Uh, I mean, whatever the category is, family game. We are gonna go to the most innovative game, and the games that were given the win and runner-up are Root. From Leader Games, Chronicles of Crime from Lucky Duck, and Key Forge from Fantasy Flight. Oh, easy. Chronicles of Crime was super innovative with that like VR headset thing and like its integration of technology. Like that's pretty and then I well I guess it's hard to not give it to Keyforge too, because it has that cool like QR code thing. That was super innovative too. <laughs> and every deck's pre-built. I mean those those are both hugely innovative games. I'm not sure I'm not sure if right Root even was nominated. Like what's innovative about that? Like it's an asymmetrical war game. I yeah, it's a good thing that it, it didn't win. Oh, wait, it did win, Root. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, I saw this one too, and that's crazy. Keyforge is definitely the most innovative game that came out last year. Like, every deck is different. Every single deck. Right. Like, the fact that Root... And they're all pretty well balanced. Like, I play this game competitively in, like, a few tournaments now, and, like, honest to goodness, every match is close. Like, it's always three stones to two stones. I mean, like, honestly, like... Or get our keys, three keys to two keys. I mean, like that's kind of like how every match goes. Like it's not like you ever see anyone get the floor map of them, and that's crazy. Like a random number generator is getting that close on all these. Like just insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I I don't agree with this one at all. But say Levy, I guess I'm not the. I didn't vote, so I can't really complain. <laughs> Somebody gets a game from Rado and they start saying say la vie. What's that about? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh man. I need. I smelled the box too. I, I gotta. I gotta say, <laughs> well, that was someone's comment too. Yeah. If you start remarking on the set of the game, oh man, yeah, that's my buddy that gets all the new hotness. So that's how we knew we arrived when Jason has has Rado's home address and could go visit him now if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I actually just trashed the box and I forgot to write it down. Oh, uh, well, he'll send me something else, maybe. <laughs> Don't act like you won't go dig to the trash. <laughs> You're right, I will. <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on to the next category, and that's Party Game. And the nominees here are Decrypto, and I'm not sure what company that is. I think Yellow. Yeah, um, Yellow. Just One, which I think is um, Libelude Lib- or something like that. Yeah, Il- Il- yeah. yeah the, cool, the cool-looking font. Yeah, and The Mind from Pandasaurus. And the winner is... The Mind. So The Mind is the best card game, the best, uh, what else is it? Uh, the best cooperative game, and the best party game. So that tells me all I need to know about that game right there. At least it didn't win the art award. <laughs> That's true. Black black cards with white font. <laughs> uh, with, with a floating bunny. My wife actually listened to last week's episode. And she said, you guys need to say two positive things for every negative thing you say. <laughs> uh, so we're behind a lot. Yeah, we need right now. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. But uh, Pandasaurus, your games are good. <laughs> Dinosaur Island, one of my picks for last year. Actually, I, don't, I think it might have been technically a 2017 game, but I would have been really happy for Pandasaurus to win game of the year with Dinosaur Island. I think I would have not complained about that pick much because that's a great game. Agreed. So good job, Pandasaur Island. Pandasaurus Island. <laughs> <laughs> Pandasaurus Games on having a good game there. That's a really good game. And then some of your other games, really great too. Um, like I pretend like I don't like Machi Koro, but it's a fun roulette type, craps type game. And beyond that, Wasteland Express, Jason mentioned it, really good game also. So there's your love, Pandasaurus. 
the fact that like <sighs> index cards with numbers on it won so many awards is pretty weird to me. Yeah. And then and then and then led ledger games, letter games, ledger games, whatever it's called. Um I don't know much about you, but I know that you have really clever designs that are asymmetrical and neat and I really honest to goodness want to like Root and I might end up owning it and I think it probably is a good game, but I just don't understand how a game wins so many awards and then otherwise like hasn't been played that much in my group, hasn't been in my sphere of influence as being, oh my gosh, this game's amazing. Um, but then just takes away and like runs runs away with all the awards. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it was in anybody's like I think it was in some people's top ten games of last year, but I don't know a lot of people were like, Oh, this is the best game of last year. Like reviewers either. So it's just weird. I think maybe just everybody likes it kinda. Yeah, I mean I haven't played it, so again, I can't talk to that, but it is crazy. Like, it's number 60 on BGG2 or somewhere around there, which is nuts. Right. All right, so moving on from Party Game, we're going to go to the Solo Game, which I've played one of these, and the nominees are, well, the three award winners are, that's pretty clever. I'm not sure who did that, but I think that's one of the, it's like one of the... Uh, the like rainbow S thing. Uh, oh yeah, it, in the States. it has an S. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, same company that did um, Quacks right. overseas. Right, right, right. It, Whenever it was called Dyschlafken Gansalfken, like T Quacksalber van Quedlinburg. Is that what it really was? Yeah, yeah. Jason, how did I know you did that? It's Wolfgang Warsh is the designer of this one. I'm pretty sure same guy as Quacks. And then the other one is Welcome to from Deepwater and Chronicles of Crime from Lucky Duck. And the winner of best solo game is that's pretty clever. I haven't played it. I I'm not super into rolling rights, so I can't talk to it. But all these are fine to me. It seems like it would be the best one to play solo. And I know that it definitely has a very popular app that you can get super cheap and play. And actually, it's crazy. The sequel to this game is already out in the app form, but I don't think the published like board game form of it is out yet. So that's pretty crazy. That is cool. Uh, we're not gonna spend too much time on that because. It is what it is. I hope I didn't say any like nasty curses in German when I was making <laughs> German noises there. You may have. <laughs> um, next one is the strategy game, and the three games there are Brass Birmingham from Roxley, Root from Leader Games, and Teotihuacan from Indie Boards and Cards (NSKN), the whatever they're called now. No, no, not Indie Board. You, board and Dice. Board and Dice. Uh, be, before before you. Um, declare the winner of this like basically there's two categories that are just extremely opposite of each other here they're strategic games and then thematic games right and that's kind of what we call like euro games and ameritrash games and so those games are like if the venn diagram existed there would be no overlap right like they couldn't those games aren't the same except for maybe they're blood real, range yeah 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 they're real different right so okay just wanted to make sure they got out in the open and clear <laughs> yeah uh, so strategy game winner who, who won strategy game? that was brass birmingham Yay, I'm happy with that. I like that game. Yeah, I would have been fine with Teotihuacan too. I haven't played Brass Birmingham or Root, but Teotihuacan is a pretty good game, so I like it. Yeah, uh, that's cool. And I guess Root is a, is a, I thought it might be a thematic game, but it seems like it's a strategy game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is a strategy game. But moving on to the thematic game, the last one we're going to talk oh, about. Cool. Western Legends. Love that game. It's so good. Yeah, so we have Western Legends from Colossal, Rising Sun from Simon or Kaman, however they're going to say it this week. And Root <laughs> from Leader Games. Wait, what? The same game? Is there two Root games? Or? No, just one Root game. Wow. And the winner of the Matic game is Root. Huh. Cool. I don't think... Is that Ameritrash at all? Like, I don't get it. I don't either. <laughs> like, I don't... 
I didn't think that was an Ameritrash game. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Are you? Does it have die in it? I don't think so. It doesn't even have minis. It has like wooden meeple guys. <sighs> All right, this is the only way I can make things okay in this episode. Amazon.com. R O O T. I'm looking at board game. <laughs> this is number five for the year, Jason. Number five. I'm halfway buying. Done buying. Oh. Enter your child's birth date for recommendations? <laughs> it, uh, no, it's just for me. I'm, it's not for my kid. It does say type of game, strategy slash war game. Yeah. It does have dice rolling. All right, that's number five, Jason. I bought my fifth game for the year. I don't. I, oh, man, this board is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's nice and brown and green. Oh, man, it definitely deserves best artwork. Oh, those meeples are just orange pieces with eyeballs. That looks awesome. Those people look like they're having a great time holding some cards. Uh, um, I'm done looking at Root. <laughs> so yeah, those are the BGG Golden uh, Cleaver Awards or Geek Awards. Golden Cleaver. <laughs> and I agree with maybe three of them. Outside of that, I don't really care too much. All right. Well, I can't really, like, I don't think my criticism of Root is merited because I haven't played it. And it'll be really funny when I play Root this weekend and go, yeah, it's it's my favorite game of all time right now. <laughs> You probably will. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie; it could be. It could end up being an amazing game. But like, okay, so here's the other thing. I I don't like mean games. I don't like games that are mean. And I know that you make some alliances and this stuff and whatever. But like, I don't care for mean games that often. Um, man, this does look like a war game. It is a war game, man. It is. It's Cole Worley, man. He does nothing but war games. It looks like GMT like war game, like from the 70s, like little little cardboard squares on the board. So, but yeah, I uh, I may come back and say this game's amazing, but like the two things that are definitely real that have to be considered are the fact that like this game is one of those games where it's like people need to be prepared to play it. Like they need to know how to play the game and play their particular role. Because if not, like if you're the guy who owns the game, from all accounts I've heard, and I've heard people who've played this game quite a bit say this, I had to play everyone else's game for them, like because they didn't know how to use their powers and they didn't know how to be competitive. And so, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I guess, and I, I sat adjacent to a group playing this game uh, about two months ago, three months ago, and they were having a good time, but like it took a really long time. We played about four games too, and the amount of time it took them to play one, because again, it takes forever to explain. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess it just, I don't know. It, it, it feels weird that they won so many awards when other games. 3,000 games came out last year, and Root's the one that wins like every award in the mind. And I guess I don't have as big of an issue with Root as much as I do with the mind. Like, Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know. I think Root's probably a perfectly fine game, to be honest. And I just don't want... I don't want us... It's I'm My complaining and my being upset about these awards is way less about Root and probably even less about the mind than it is about us just being so like hive-minded in the world of board games. Like find the thing you like and do it and and be happy with it. And so I guess my the end of my rant on this is going to be this. I had a comment and it's fair. Like a, a guy was like, "Why aren't you guys mean and nasty when you do like your reviews of games? Why don't you say things are bad?" And two things. I think your response to him was perfect. It was like, "I don't have time to play bad games and review them. Like I just don't. Like I'm not going to spend my precious limited amount of time playing a game that I feel like is probably going to be pretty bad." And then giving it a review. And, and like that's totally true. Totally great. But the other thing, too, is I don't care what game it is, man. It could be Gear World, The Borderlands, which I've spoken badly about repeated times and for years. 
Somebody out there loves that game, and that's cool. I'm glad they love that game. And not only that, somebody out there designed that game and play tested it hundreds of times, and like other people were inspired by that game to make their games. You know what I mean? So, like every game out there, I don't care what game it is, people like it, and good man. I'm glad you like them. I'm not gonna get all like up in your up in your business and be like you're dumb. I mean, like you can like what you want to like. So if you like Root, like it, and I probably will too. Honestly, like I'll probably be a real sour boy about how much I love Root next week. So um, just do you, man. Like, enjoy the games you want to play and enjoy them. And, and, like, that's why Jason and I are pretty positive with our reviews. Like, I think every game I play, I'm, like, I can see why someone would enjoy this game. I can see where this thing would be interesting to a certain kind of gamer. And that's why, like, I, I think, like, with my reviews, I've started to categorize why I, review, why I rate them the way I do. Like I say, is the theme good for everybody? Yeah, it's great for everybody. Is the is the heaviness great? Is it going to have good you know ability to get on the table for sure? Is it a fun game? Yeah, it's a really just fun game. Is it a like thought provoking and deep game? Mm, maybe. So then I like average those things out and come up with a ranking. Whereas like I think a lot of times reviewers say ah this game's good or this game's bad. Don't even put like kind of a number on it. And it's just kind of like it's like really why did they say that? They said what they did, you know and. So I don't know. That's that's why I'm trying to be a little more that way with my reviews, I guess, explaining that. But also just, I mean, I think every game has something to it that's just, it's cool. Like, something about it's cool. So, and somebody's going to like it. So I try and highlight those things and not really look at the negative things too much. Um, that said, we sure did bash the mind in Root this episode. And I'm sure Root's great. And I know the mind is probably fun for a few plays. Um, but anyway, that's, that's, that's it, Jason. I'm going to make a... A sound now of me climbing off my soapbox. <laughs> Here it is. It was a box of glass soap. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I don't really have much else to say. I mean, we kind of beat this dead horse. So, yeah, I think we can wrap this beast up. Jason wants none of his statements redacted. He wants to be full harshness. <laughs> and that's because he really is the nasty man of board game reviews. No, I had something all prepared to say about Root, but then I just... I'll just keep it to myself. <laughs> was it pretty? Was it pretty hot? Pretty hot? No, take? I was just. I was just going to compare it to my plays of Vast. Like you were talking about how people were, you know, how that guy had to play all the roles because no one else knew how to play. And I've played Vast. I was just talking to Katie about this today. I played Vast four times, and I feel like every time I never get to enjoy the game because I'm always playing with people who've never played before. So I have to play the same right. role. I have to teach them how to play their role. I still think I'm missing rules because when you have four different people playing four different games that you're not going to know what everybody else is able to do. So I don't know. It's just, it took us four hours last time we played this, that game. And I, I don't really want another game like that. So that's kind of why I'm harsh on root. Well, the good news is, um, the number one game on the hotness right now, Jason, if you go to board game geek, as of the time of this recording, I mean, I think we're getting past that call to the new, because the number one hot game right now on, on Board Game Geek is Unpublished Prototype. I did see that. What the heck? <laughs> We're definitely into Cult of the Future for sure. Unpublished Prototype? What the crap? New game top yeah. secret. It doesn't even say who it's by. What in the world? I, I think it's just I think it's just like, hey, <laughs> this isn't designed by anyone. This is just the idea that I have an unpublished prototype that I wanted to use this thing for. I don't know. That's hilarious, man. That is hilarious. It's funny that 950 people have made comments about it, though. There's a video of a review. It says, a review of reviewing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, That's pretty awesome, actually. That is awesome. <sighs> All right. Well, cool. Um, well, 
we will miss you, AEG. And, <laughs> and Pandasaurus. Let, let her, yeah, Pandasaurus. And, oh, man. Um, I mean, like, it was a fun relationship with you guys while it lasted, I guess. I'll edit all the negative stuff out. So the episode will be about 14 minutes. Six minutes. Oh. <laughs> uh. But, I mean, speaking of AEG, like, this is just how, like, short our memories are. Didn't they have that, like, something, something, something darkness card crafting game on Kickstarter last year? Oh, yeah, that's true. They did. I forgot about that. Did that game come out? I mean, like, I don't... I don't know. Like, it looked kind of cool. I don't know. Like, just weird. Yeah, that is weird. All right. Well, let's go pack some Kickstarters. (laughs) Yep. Uh, we're we're just such weird people in this industry, I, and I love us all. Like we're just all weirdos who have weird little idiosyncrasies. Yep. And I think that's kind of what makes it great. You know, normal is overrated. Yep, I agree. Like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, like I was afraid I was going to offend people by saying that we're all weird. But if you listen to this podcast, you know. <laughs> Like, you, you definitely know you're weird. Yeah. Uh, you know who you are. All right. Keep the board game mechanics weird. <laughs> yep. And I'm just going to go ahead and sign off. I'm Jason. Keep gaming. I'm Joel. Keep board gaming weird. Yeah.